Okay, so Dr. Ali, you reading this evening? Sheikh Abdul Rahman bin Abdullah Ba'ri said, Entering Mecca, it is recommended to enter during the day from its peak, i.e. the gap of Qadar, mm -hmm. and to exit from its base, i.e. the gap of Qudar. The masjid should be entered from the door of Bani Sheba. Whoever sees the Kaaba is to raise their hands and say what has been narrated followed by Fawaf for Umrah as a mutamatteh or for arrival as a mufrid or qarim. <coughs> Men should tuck the middle of the top wrap under their right shoulder in all seven circuits unless carrying someone excused. All right, let's just stop right there for a quick recap here. So number one, um, when, you're into, when you enter Mecca, depending on... Um, where you're coming from, it's preferred that you enter Mecca during the daytime as opposed to nighttime, and that you approach it min alaha, which is its upper part, if you will, min thaniyati kadat, which is a, a thaniya is like a forge or a gap. Like, it's not like a ravine or a valley, but it's just like a pathway cut through mountains. And the name of that is called kadat. This you would require a map. Um, uh, to really know the precise location of that. So it's sunnah. If you don't do it because you're on the bus, it's not going to go that way, or you're coming from a different direction altogether, not a problem whatsoever. And it's, pre it's preferred that you leave Mecca, min asfaliha, its lower part, min thaniyati kuda. This is the gap of kuda, right? So there's two of these, um, an entry and an exit. He says it's preferred to enter the Masjid al-Haram min babi bani Sheba. Um, Masjid min babi bani Sheba. This is the door of bani Sheba. I think today this is like Bab salam And if my memory serves correct, this is along the uh, Mas'ah, where you make Sa'i. Somewhere along that. More, more than likely it's closer to Marwa, if I'm not mistaken. But all of the doors, they have labels. They have the labels on the door. So you look for Bab Bani Sheba or Bab Salam. You'll find it there. It says, If you see the house, the Kaaba, this is key right here, um, especially for those that are going for the first time, is to have a moment. And um, you will never forget that moment, I'm sure, the first time you see the Kaaba. You may see it on posters and on the videos and online. There's nothing like witnessing it in person that you raise your hands, uh, in supplication. He says, That you should supplicate with what has been narrated. Um, and there are numerous narrations that you can find. One of those is mentioned by Imam al-Bahuti, rahimahullah. Uh, I should say, um, uh, yeah. Imam al-Bahuti in his explanation of Muntaha, uh, he mentions uh, multiple explanations. However, uh, Ibn Najjar, he mentions... One he says, Allahumma anta salam, Allahumma anta salam, wa minka salam, hayyina rabbuna bis salam. This is one of the du'as that you can make when you see the Kaaba. Allahumma anta salam, you raise your hands. Wa minka salam, right? Oh Allah, you are as salam, that's your name, peace. Wa minka salam, from you is peace, as salam. Wa hayyina rabbuna bis salam. And basically, give us a peaceful life or fill our lives with peace. 
There are other du'as that you can make. You can find them probably in those little du'a booklets. The numerous ones here that were mentioned. Basically, O Allah, increase this house in glory and nobility and honor. Um, increase it in uh, goodness, if you will. Um, basically, and then likewise, those that visit it for Hajj and Umrah increase them in those similar things. Numerous other dua that can be mentioned at this particular point. So, a person that's visiting the house for the first time, they should definitely take some, take a moment um, to experience this and make these supplications. And then you begin with tawaf for mutamatti' lil Umrah. So, if you're making Hajj, obviously, if you're mutamatti' You're going to, once you see the house, you're going to proceed uh, to making tawaf, which will be uh, for your umrah. If you're not mutamatti', which means you're having the intention for both hajj and umrah in one, um, then the, uh, uh, the person making the ifrad uh, or the qarin, you're going to make tawaf for qudum, which is arrival. Basically, uh, this is the way by which you greet the Kaaba, like Tahiyat al-Masjid. Like Tahiyat al-Masjid is Salah, Tahiyat al-Kaaba is Tawaf, right? So when you enter the Masjid, you make Salah. When you enter into this particular uh, area with the Kaaba, then you make a Tawaf. He says, uh, So now you're going to take your Ridat, the upper portion of your... Um, you know, your ihram outfit, the upper portion, before was covering your shoulders, that you're covering your body. And now you're going to um, put um, uh, under your right, um, he says, uh, he says, al-ittiba'u ja'alu wasat al-rida'i tahta atiqihi al-ayman. And then basically, um, you're going to take it and wrap it so it goes under your armpit, half of it, basically exposing one of your arms. And that is the ittiba, uh, and that's the Prophet's practice. And that's only to be done during tawaf, it's not to be done during prayer. Um, it's actually considered a makruh. To pray in that condition, with it, to leave it open like that, to leave one of your shoulders exposed, or to wrap the garment around you and leave the shoulder exposed, considered makruh. As is uh, taking that garment, that ridat, and um, draping it over you so that it's not closed. So, you know, if you put that, let's call it a towel for now, you put that towel, right? So, normally what you would do is, is where you bring it up, cover your left shoulder and bring it under your right armpit. Mm-hmm. The, uh, um, then if you were to cover your right shoulder and let the towel drape open, that's what they call in the madhab sadl. Sadl, we often think your hands go down at the side of sadl, sadl, But a sadl in the madhab is where you leave the garment open and hang draping from your shoulders. So this is also makruh that the garment should be one side pulled across the other. So if you are going to, for example, it's time to pray and you're in mid-tawaf and it's time for a fard prayer, you're going to stop your tawaf 
where you are. You're going to then cover your shoulder. Your right shoulders are going to be covered, and you're going to wrap that top portion of your ihram outfit closed so it's not wide open. Okay? You'll find that many people will do this during Hajj or Umrah unknowingly. Uh, so it's something to know these rulings because following the masses will get you somewhere, but it won't get you all the way. All the, all, all the way right? it, they'll get you to do the basics of this needed, the law of Sa'i, the main things following people, but every single little detail thing, no. There's a lot of people that are unfamiliar with the intricate little rulings of wearing the ihram, etc. Yep. Bismillah. It is begun at the black stone, facing it or a part thereof with the entire body. Then it is touched with the right hand, kissed and prostrated upon. If that is difficult, it is touched with the hand and kissed. Thronging should be avoided. If that is difficult, it is touched with something which is then kissed. If that is difficult, a gesture with the hand or something is made without kissing it, while directing the face to it and saying what is narrated. Good. So um, the next portion is talking about tawaf. Remember, we went from seeing the Kaaba to making tawaf. The tawaf begins at the Hajr al-Aswad. So if you were to take um, the Kaaba, for example, and start at that corner, you would basically draw a line uh, directly out, which is like perpendicular from the uh, Hajr al-Aswad, uh, straight out. And that's basically the line that is the, the, the marker for a tawaf. So you begin there, and you uh, face it uh, and um, with part or all of your body, he says, you uh, touch it with your right hand, you kiss it, and then you prostrate upon it. Um, if that becomes difficult due to um, you know crowding, then you should touch it with your hand, and then you should kiss your hand. If it's difficult, then you should touch it with something, uh, something else, like uh, a stick, um, and then you kiss it. And then if it's difficult to do that, then you can motion with your hand like a signal, like wave at it with your hand, or you can wave at it with something else, a stick, and in this case, because you did not come in contact with it, you do not kiss it. And in this case, you should turn your face towards it, and then you can make any type of supplication. When you're making the tawaf, you know, you begin, Bismillah, Allahu Akbar, and then when you pass by it, turning your face towards it, making the ishara, if you're not close to it, to touch it, Allahu Akbar, and you continue moving about the Kaaba. Yeah. Save questions for later. Yes. You should jot them down if you want. You have a pencil or no? Why did I ask you? Why did I ask you if you have a pencil? If you want to jot it down, that's fine. If you want to jot it down on your iPad, that's good. Yeah. Then with the Kaaba on the left side, those coming from far away jog with short strides in the Tawaf. Upon completion, Two rakahs are prayed, which are best done behind a maqam. 
an obligatory prayer will suffice instead. Then the stone is touched, exit for Sa'i is made from the door of Safa, which is climbed until the Kaaba is seen. Okay, here we go, uh, concluding with the Tawaf, um, after discussing uh, how you begin and you continue. Um, basically, he, this is the beginning portion. He says, um, He makes it so that the house is on his left. Um, basically meaning that you're going to be um, walking around the Kaaba um, counterclockwise. Okay? You're going to be walking around the Kaaba here counterclockwise. And um, you will, Yarmul, uh, uh, which is a type of light jogging, Al um, Ufuqi versus um, uh, there's Al Ufuqi, which is the person that comes from Al Afaq, which means far off distances. So the person that comes from a far off distance, meaning someone that doesn't live in the Haram, or in that general vicinity, uh, close to Mecca, uh, they are going to perform this Ramal for the first three tawafs, the first three times around. And the Ramal here is um, short-strided jogging. Okay, so you're not taking large steps. You're keeping your steps very short, like kind of a prance. Okay? You're going to do a quick prance or short-strided jogging um, around in the first three, and then you'll walk as normal during the remaining four circuits around the Kaaba. He says when he concludes with a tawaf, then he is to pray two units of prayer. And this is how you conclude with the tawaf, any tawaf. Its conclusion is done with rakatain. It's preferred to be done behind Maqam Ibrahim. And that is very obvious when you are there. It is encased in a brass casing with glass. So you try to make it uh, to that general vicinity behind Maqam Ibrahim. And you pray two units of prayer. Now if you're going to be making numerous extra tawaf while you're there, because it's preferred to make tawaf, as uh, like it would be preferred to make sunnah prayers, to make tawaf while you're there at the Kaaba, after every, every seven circuits, you stop this. You, you conclude the seventh with rakatain khalf al maqam, okay, and then you can do seven more, or you can kind of stack up those um, prayers. So if you wanted to do seven and then do another seven and then do another seven and wait to pray those rakatain uh, for each seven units, you can delay those for perhaps a later time if you need to. It doesn't have to be in consecutive order. It is, however, preferred that you make seven, you stop to pray rakatain. You make seven, you stop to pray rakatain. So in the event that you have to leave quickly or you're, there's a pressing matter or you just need to go ahead and make another seven quickly because you have to go, you can save those, um, those two units of prayer for each seven for a later time um, to pray, basically. Uh, instead of rakatain, um, you can pray... He says a maktuba, which is an obligatory prayer. So let's say, for example, after the tawaf, it was now time for luhur. So you're going to say, instead of praying rakatain, I'm going to pray luhur with the congregation. That will suffice you for concluding those circuits. Or a sunnah prayer. For example, um, you know, you made tawaf, and it was now the adhan of luhur, 
and now you want to pray sunnah ratiba, for example, for dhuhr. So you can pray that instead of the two for um, uh, dhuhr. Or a sunnah, you know, before dhuhr prayer, there's sunan besides the ratiba. You can pray one of those. And then it's encouraged that you go back and after the seventh, after praying the two units of prayer, after the seven units, you go back to the Hajar al-Aswad and um, you touch it. Yastadimul Hajar. This is something that is recommended. So here you can see it's important to note that the tawaf, the, the, the rakatay tawaf, are from the exceptional prayers when it comes to waqt nahi the prohibited time. Okay? The Prophet ﷺ said that anyone that wants to pray two units of prayer after making a tawaf should not be prevented. Right? So even the time would not prevent you. So if you're during, if you're, like for example, after Salat al-Asr, right, we know from Salat al-Asr to uh, the uh, Salat al-Maghrib, basically the sun's setting, it's a prohibited time. So if you make tawaf after Asr, and then you finish seven circuits, you don't have to delay those rakatain until after Maghrib prayer. Rather, you can pray them during the prohibited time because this is from the exceptions uh, to the rule. After you finish the uh, tawaf, seven times, salat, if you pray rakatayna behind the maqam, Ibrahim, you touch the, the black stone again, now it's time to move to perform a sa'i. So, وَيَخْرُجْ لِلسَّعِي مِنْ بَابِ Safa. So, Safa is the closest mountain to the Kaaba. Okay? And as you are on the floor there making tawaf, you will see Safa directly uh, off to the side. And that is the door. You go directly up into that door um, and you climb onto the mountain. It's encouraged to climb on top of the mountain until you see the Kaaba. So basically you're going to try to ascend atop the mountain to the point that when you turn around you're able to see the Kaaba. It's getting more difficult by the year based on construction. So Safa, you're still able to see it from some location. It also depends on the crowd. Okay, So if you're unable to see it, no problem as long as you are at the Mount of Safa and as long as you are in contact with the mountain. So you, have, you should have at least your heels on the mountain. Okay, You should have at least your heels touching onto the mountain, not your down on the, 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 the flat land, the valley between the two, Safa and Marwa. You need to be on Safa. So this is important because when there's a lot of crowding, a person may try and, um, you know, and, and situate themselves in a way where there's not a lot of people or they're trying to hurry so they're not going to wait and be patient to get on top of the mountain. So they may just kind of uh, circumvent that whole thing and they just kind of cut around. So you need to be, uh, you need to be careful that you're standing on top of the mountain or on, you know, you don't have to be all the way, all the way on top, but you have to be on its, you know, hillside, if you will. Then the stone is. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, for you thalathan, then you are to. Then takbir is made three times, yeah. and what has been narrated is said. So and here you make takbir when you climb onto the. This is the manner of, of what you do, like. You don't just go up and then leave, right? You just get up there and then take off. But what you should do is you get up there and then you then you make dua to supplications, what was mentioned or, or what was reported the Prophet. ﷺ. Some of those, La ilaha illallah, wahdahu la sharika lah, lahu al-mulku wa lahu al-hamd, yuhi wa yumit, wa huwa hayyun la yamut, bi yadihi al-khair, wa huwa ala kulli shayin qadir, 
لا إله إلا الله وحده صدق وعده ونصر عبده وهزم الأحزاب وحده uh, So basically that's the opening uh, of these, this type of dua or adhkar that are made and then you can make dua for whatever you love or whatever you, or whatever you wish and, you know, then you can pray for yourself, for your family, for the general welfare of the Muslims um, anything in particular is perfectly fine to pray for during that, during that moment and he says وَلَا يُلَبِّي so you're not going to be making the talbiyah while you're on safa. And in fact, um, if you're coming for Umrah, uh, for the mutamatti, you're not going to, your, your, your talbiyah is going to stop when you begin to make tawaf. You're not going to be making the talbiyah uh, in that case. So um, that's what you do as you climb uh, the mountain. Then they descend walking to the first marker and then run until they reach the next marker. They then walk and climb Marwa and say what they did on Safa. They, then they walk back and run where running is prescribed to Safa, doing it seven times. Each departure from Safa is counted as one lap and each return to Safa is counted as another. It begins at Safa and ends at Marwa. Beginning from Marwa does not count as a lap. Okay, so here after you've concluded your supplications, etc., on top of Safa, then you're going to descend, you're going to walk, um, uh, uh, you're going to walk down the, it's, it's right now it's a corridor, you're going to walk down the corridor, and when you see the um, green marker, and it's still there, it's a green light, um, recollection serves me, correct, right, still a green light, as it has been, even Sheikh Al-Ba'li in his, text some time ago it mentions the green marker that's there uh, you run you start to run and this is a very fast paced run and this is of course is mandub it's 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 encouraged this is for men by the way not for the women it's encouraged to run in this uh, in this area and then you uh, continue to walk when you reach the next marker so anything between these two markers is running for men all seven uh, circuits on Sa'i, you're going to run in that place. And then you're going to walk outside of that, um, of that marked territory. And that, of course, has to do with the story of um, uh, Ibrahim's wife and son uh, looking for water, running back and forth between Safa and Marwa. And so basically reenacting that, carrying that out. Of Hold on, I'm not finished quite yet. Then basically you walk after you've passed the green marker, Wayarqa al Marwa. You climb upon Marwa, which is the further mountain, um, and you basically repeat what you said on top of Safa. And then you descend from Marwa and you walk back towards um, Safa, walking where you should walk and running where you should run. Um, basically doing that seven times. So going from Safa to Marwa counts as one. Returning from Marwa to Safa counts as two, three, four. It's not a complete from Safa to Marwa and back is one. That would basically mean you're doubling your effort. Okay? So from one mountain to the next is considered one complete circuit and then returning is considered another one. So you count it like that. One going and one coming is two. Uh, you begin on Safa and you end your Sa'i on Marwa. 
If you begin on Marwa, for some reason, you ended up over there, unknowingly, or because that's the area that you ended up in the masjid, and you walk from Marwa to Safa, that does not count as your sa'i. So you can't count it as part of your seven. Rather, you're getting yourself reset onto Safa, and then you would begin from that point.